You are listening to Redefining Row, a CSU Global-sponsored podcast dedicated to celebrating, bringing awareness to, and changing the way we think about rural education in the state of Colorado. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Good afternoon and welcome to Redefining Rural podcast. My name is Michelle Murphy. I'm the executive director of the Colorado Rural Schools Alliance. Hey guys, and it's Danielle LaPlatt, the director of rural services from the Colorado Department of Education. We are super excited to be here with a probably most special guest, Governor Jared Polis, the now governor of Colorado. We are so grateful, Governor, for you taking some time to talk to us a little bit today. I'm not sure many of our listeners are aware of uh, the Rural Economic Blueprint. Well, first, your overarching commitment to rural communities and increasing opportunities, but um, sort of this incredible resource that was created through the Rural Economic Blueprint, which discusses the ways your administration is addressing concerns um, in rural communities, primarily around economic and workforce development. We're hoping that you could tell us a little bit about the process in developing the blueprint and what your hopes are um, by publishing that document. Uh, thanks, Michelle. It's a pleasure to uh, to be on the show. Uh, you know, really, our our main theme of our administration is is Colorado for all. That means that while there's great success stories in Colorado, we want to make sure that those success stories are everywhere, and that means geographically across uh, across our diversity of race. Um, uh, you know, across uh, all different areas of our economy. And really part of the area that we're focused is kind of how we grow, sustain, have thriving economies in rural areas of our state. And that's kind of the process that from the bottom up led to the launch of our Rural Economic Blueprint, which is really about helping all Coloradans thrive. Now, some of the issues that rural Coloradans face have overlap or are similar to issues that people in the suburbs and exurbs and cities face. Some are unique, but it's really a comprehensive approach to make making sure that in our rural areas in our state, we can lower health care costs because it turns out that while, uh, of course, people are paying too much in Douglas County and Denver, they are getting paying even more in our rural areas. There's a disparity that make our rural areas on the margins harder to do business in, harder to live in because health care costs are proportionally higher. Now, we address some of that with our reinsurance program we'll talk about later. Of course, addressing connectivity in the 21st century, if you don't have high speed uh, internet connectivity, you, you're left behind. That's whether it's education, telecommuting, uh, uh, any types of the applications that are, are so critical. Just the consumer experience that, uh, you know, uh, people of every generation want. I mean, you want to be able to stream your content. And if you can't do that in a rural area, that puts you at a dis- disadvantage. Um, of course, diversifying local economies. We have a lot of rural economies that are too subject to these huge economic swings because they rely in one area. We want to work on that diversification. And of course, coming down to a topic near and dear to your heart and mine, uh, increasing early childhood uh, educational opportunities and child care to make sure that our rural Colorado is attractive for families to live in, right? We don't want to be one of the things where young families feel they have to leave because they can't get the quality preschool, the child care that they need. And we have large deserts of early quality, early childhood education in many of our rural areas. We sure do. And we're really excited. We'll talk a little bit later about some of your ideas and initiatives around uh, early childhood. So, Governor, I think you touched on a few of these things in our first question. But as you're um, getting out and about and learning more about what's happening in our rural communities, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges 
for our communities and students with regard to workforce and economic development. And, and first and foremost, there's there's not going to be one answer for Colorado, and it might be uh, different in uh, Julesburg and Montezuma County on opposite corners of our state, uh, and, and, and no two communities are the same. But in general, uh, we have an issue in many of our rural areas where students who graduate in our rural school districts um, often aren't able to see the pathway to stay in their home community if they want to be able to support themselves and and and, and live their dreams. Um, they don't feel that that pathway is there. It might mean the pathway is not there educationally, and that's why the partnerships with community colleges are so important. For instance, uh, the work that uh, Otero Junior College mm-hmm. in La Junta is doing with CU to have that cross-credentialing where the students don't have to leave to go to CU Denver and Boulder. They can stay in Otero County and get that credentialing to be an educator themselves without having to leave uh, their home community. And important economic development programs like Rural Jumpstart to help revitalize downtown spaces. I mean, you look at the amazing progress in, for instance, a place like Trinidad, Colorado, uh, which if, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you would have seen 30, 40 percent vacancies and uh, is, is, is thriving today and millions of dollars going into uh, really vibrant development around the arts. Yeah, it's exciting that um, the awareness around the Otero College has reached your level. I think that just goes to like the point of how engaged you are. And it's super exciting as an advocate to see you that and to see our governor that engaged in what's happening in like our small rural communities. And those programs are starting to multiply thanks to the work of UC Denver um, and some other really solid partnerships and some other state grants over the last couple of years. So we are super excited about that. Um, So talk to us a little bit more about the programs in place and those you're planning to expand to build some of these different programs to increase efforts so that all Coloradans, all students, um, particularly those involving workforce development and education initiative uh, opportunities for our rural kids. So I'll talk about a few that are pending this legislative session, Uh, expanding the number of Colorado preschool program slots that are funded. So uh, last year, we, we expanded by just over 5,000. We're looking for a similar level of expansion this year. Uh, hopefully, we can achieve that benchmark of, of, a, of half of eligible kids will be able to go to preschool. A future educator pathway, very exciting for school districts to create dual concurrent enrollment programs uh, to prepare the next generation of educators. We're also looking to invest in supporting and promoting apprenticeship programs. So this is more on the high school to career transition, working with partners like CareerWise and others. Um, how can students get a meaningful apprenticeship experience as juniors and seniors that translates into A, job skills, B, they have the opportunity to get paid uh, while they're in high school and see those real life educational opportunities that come along with that kind of work. Uh, And of course, uh, continuing to invest in rural Jumpstart in places like Mesa County. Rural Jumpstarts work closely with Colorado Mesa University to provide employment for students and new graduates at higher than average wages. So again, there's a lot of things that are embedded in our rural economic blueprint. Uh, Many of them directly relate to education and opportunity everywhere from early childhood all the way through community college and college. And fundamentally, we have to make sure that communities across our state have the tools to thrive uh, in an increasingly complex 21st century economy. So one of you mentioned it, and I think we mentioned it at the outset, you know, from our, our K-12 education perspective, probably the biggest uh, success from last session was the funding of full-day kindergarten statewide. And as we talked about so often, rural districts were paying for that full-day kindergarten. They were sort of ahead of the curve and like, what? We wouldn't provide full-day kindergarten for our kids. And they were paying for that. So they got to see a fair amount of money go back into their coffers um, as compensation for that half day that is now being paid for by the state and wasn't before. Um, 
We're also really excited about your preschool initiatives um, and the ballot initiative or the titles that we expect to or have seen filed on um, to fund full day kindergarten. I'm sorry to fund <laughs> uh, preschool for a four year old statewide. Um, but rural districts and rural communities are postured really differently in this regard um, with regard to both facilities and um, Workforce, and you've touched on this a little bit, but what are your what are your dreams and plans around helping rural communities build that out? So, first, Rural Schools Alliance was a real critical linchpin of our kindergarten now alliance that helped make kindergarten happen. Um, nothing is ever a foregone conclusion, and there were uh, there were um, good days and bad days in that fight for full day kindergarten, and, and success was not guaranteed. We were able to get it done, and and of course, it's the right thing to do, and it's popular, and now uh, you know it's wonderful that everybody. Can, can, can claim credit among the legislative champions. And yes, you're right. Many rural districts led the way. Um, and even many metropolitan districts were uh, eating some of the cost, mm-hmm. right? They weren't passing that entire cost along to parents. So uh, they were doing full day, but they realized, you know what? The real cost might be $600 a month. We're going to charge parents $300 a month and subsidize the rest. That was very common. So most districts, school districts saw a a, a net benefit in terms of money for the rest of the grades and or for preschool. Um, now the challenge with preschool is broader, right? Because when it comes to preschool, school districts are a provider, but not the only provider. And in our rural communities and in our urban communities, there are uh, quality community providers. And of course, uh, you know, in the, in the case of some of these early quality, early childhood education deserts, it's a matter of how do you increase the quality and work with the community provider or if the school districts want to, to make sure that you're not just providing the place to park your kids, childcare, but also that high quality uh, early childhood component that's research-based and, and based on metrics that we know have proven results in reducing special ed- education rate, increasing student achievement, and better learning results. I think you made the point about uh, the community or the school district. I think it's important for a lot of our rural listeners to understand that that mandate or that requirement doesn't fall on the backs of the school districts, that this is a great opportunity for rural communities to come together, work together, pool resources and ideas to figure out the best ways to support the kids. And that's a great way of thinking about it. Like school districts can be involved as involved as they want to with preschool, but they don't have to be involved at all. And right. and, and, and there, there's some municipalities that lead the way, some private sector and nonprofits do it. It's really about, I mean, obviously the schools have an interest in making sure their kindergartners are in class prepared and sometimes they have the room and the will to do offer preschool, but it's really about just making sure that it is offered in that community and school districts can be a partner in that. Uh, but I think that it's certainly in the interest of all of our school districts to make sure that their kindergartners are in class ready to learn, entering class ready to learn. Yeah, we're excited to work with uh, your administration and the rest of the state to bring that to fruition. Um, you talked a little bit earlier on, and I know this is something you're super proud of and excited about with your um, healthcare initiatives. Can you want to talk about that just a little bit too? Yeah. So some of the biggest disparities in healthcare costs um, had a negative have a negative impact in rural Colorado. Namely, people pay more for insurance in eastern and western and southern Colorado uh, than they do in the Denver metro area. So of course, again, uh, the whole state benefits from some of the systemic reforms, like ending um, uh, out of network surprise billing and additional pricing transparency. But you look at the way we structure. Uh, reinsurance, which uh, saves 20% average in the individual market in healthcare. It has even greater savings in rural Colorado, 25, 30% uh, wow. Western Colorado, Eastern Colorado. That's for folks who don't get their insurance through their employer, not through government program, but have to buy it on their own. So those folks who may or may not have it, depending on the price and delivering that price uh, that's active now, that 20% less has made a huge difference in the budget of many families. It's exciting. 
Well, Governor, thank you so much for all that you're doing um, for our rural schools, our communities. One last question for you. Um, a lot of our listeners are leading from where they are, whether that um, in their role as a teacher, a principal, superintendents, business leaders. Um, and you know the challenges that they're all facing in their daily jobs, our rural leaders especially. Um, what advice would you have for them going forward in your own personal leadership style? How do you handle all of the challenges? How do you navigate that to remain hopeful and positive for the future? Well, we have an amazing state of Colorado and all, all you need to do is, you know, uh, spend some time, you know, looking outside or walking through a park or hiking a mountain, admiring our eastern plains, our, uh, our mountains in the west and uh, really just drawing on that inspiration and power and strength that comes from living in one of the most remarkable places in the world with great people uh, from corner to corner. Colorado has hardworking, dedicated, inspirational uh, people with the real pioneering spirit um, that are ready to boldly lead the way into the future. And we hope to enable that kind of creativity and unleash that creativity in the private sector, the public sector, the nonprofit sector by removing barriers and helping people uh, really manifest and transform their dreams into reality. Thanks so much, Governor. We're going to wrap up. We, again, really appreciate your time and all your work for Rural, and we look forward to working with you in the years to come. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Redefining Rural, a CSU Global-sponsored podcast dedicated to celebrating, bringing awareness to, and changing the way we think about rural education in the state of Colorado. Stay tuned for our next episode, and in the meantime, follow us on Facebook and Twitter.